gives me great pleasure to to welcome today to the interview through your eyes uh, is is Paul Dubois. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Good, David. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Long time since we've seen each other. Yeah, I think I was trying to recall face to face. It's been a while, so yeah, it's really lovely to see you again. Yeah, um, but yeah. So great. So uh, obviously, you know, we're going to do the interview and find out a little bit about how you future-proofed yourself through uh, your career, what you've mm. learned along the way, things that have gone mm. well, perhaps things haven't gone so well, and some life experiences. And then to finish off with, you know, how do you see your continuing success and future? Um, so if we can just start off with just giving us a bit of an overview of your, of your career to date. Okay, well, um, so I'm from Canada originally. I grew up in Vancouver and um, I trained as uh, quite young. I started training as an actor and performer. And so my initial 10 years of professional work was generally just that. So I worked uh, with large uh, production uh, theater companies. Uh, and then in Vancouver at the time, when I was about 16, 17, I went to a performing arts high school. And then I either had the choice to go to university or just go straight into the profession. And so I just went straight into the profession, actually. Um, I didn't really feel it was important. I studied, I studied privately with different coaches, some quite well-known coaches, both in North America and uh, in Britain. And then I just started getting film and TV work quite at quite a young age. So I did that and I thought that was gonna be my career for the rest of my life. And then until I moved to Britain in my mid, 20s, so I came over at about age 24, 25, still pursuing an acting career and still working as an actor. And then a friend of mine said, oh, I, 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 he was working for a large recruitment company that had won a contract with the um, Department for Work and Pensions. So it was the New Deal unemployment provision. And he said, I'd like you to come in and just train these young people. They were between the ages of 18 and 24. And I said, on what? I don't what and he's like oh i think you could do something like confidence in the workplace and i went okay so i i came in and led a session about that whatever that looked like and then his managing director came and saw me and said i would really like you to work full-time for us and i was like well i'm an actor and he said uh yeah well you're probably not making that much money come work for us so um i did and uh that company started a learning department, a learning division. And so I became, within about a, a period of two years, I became a learning and development manager for a staff. I had a staff of about seven or eight people. And we expanded the organization and started developing, rather than just local training programs, we then started developing and delivering national programs throughout the business. So that's how I sort of migrated from acting and performing. I still kept my acting career going. Um, and then actually, the last juncture uh, in my 20s, early 30s, I said to my boss, can I stay an hour a night and I just want to use your computers? And he said, what for? And I said, I want to write a grant, an arts council grant to get some funding together so I could start my own theater company. And he said, yeah, sure. And so it took me about six months, but uh, I then was awarded about 20,000 pounds from the arts council. And so I, I sort of then really committed to like a dual career where I still did my coaching day job and then I formed this theater company and about six months after that I left the business and then became a freelance trainer and then could also part-time run a theater company yeah 
wow and yeah. so you got into you know doing the the, the training and the coaching and mm. your theatre company and how has your theatre company sort of developed from there and what sort of things do you get involved in well what I did is um I started before I started the training life I had a, a group of actors that met every Thursday night and we'd all come together and just workshop and experiment you know once a week and out of that we then became quite committed to just developing ourselves but at some point I had a client ask me to bring in some actors to do some role play and I said yeah I've got plenty I had I have about 15 actors available a lot of them had improvisational experience um, the only weakness that they sort of had as a group is very few of them have ever worked in business so a lot of them worked in creative industries but had never maybe attempt in a day job here and there so kind of had to give them a crash course around business and then i got a regular gig where we would supply actors for a business school and so the actors would go up twice a week um and do these role plays and so that was quite interesting to then start to see those worlds kind of start to combine where i was starting to either as a trainer bring in some actors or as myself being an actor in a role play environment in a learning environment and to be fair that was quite cathartic um both as a trainer, but also I think as an actor, I think many of the actors I worked with were, were, were profoundly um, moved by the work that they're doing because I think as an actor, you don't see yourself as bringing too much value other than entertainment. And um, yeah. you, you could see a lot of the actors going, wow, like my insights into someone's emotional life or into their body language or into their behavior is actually really starting to impact on this individual's confidence or abilities as a manager. And so um, I think that was quite useful, both for me and for the actors to sort of realize and recognize that these soft skills that we know very, very well actually do have some value in the workplace. And it's definitely something I tap into quite a lot as an actor. And my, my performance experience and my understanding of the voice and bodies always, always helpful, both as a trainer just on the day-to-day -day stuff but definitely helps with the behavioral aspect of our work yeah and that's a great combination to bring the two together so obviously you must have met some great people had some wonderful experiences as well as learning academically what has what self-development always meant to you well i mean for me, <laughs> the reason why i'm laughing is like i I mean, I came into acting in, in that way, like, you know, I've been doing it all my life and, you know, I've been training all my life. So I was, I was more than ready for the professional experience when it arrived, you know, in my late teens, early 20s. I wouldn't say the same for business training. And I think for me, like, one of the biggest things was, as an actor, you always just go, I was, uh, so I remember going to an audition when I was about 10. And a friend of mine's mom was one of these old Hollywood mothers, like her kid was going to every audition. I think my friend had done like a Betty Davis movie in the 70s. And, and this friend's mother said to me, Paul, when you go to the audition, this woman smoked enormously, Paul, when you go to the audition, no matter what they ask, you can do it. I was like, okay. And so I went to this audition. They said, can you ride a horse? Which I could. I said, yes. Can you play basketball? Yes. Can you golf? Yes. Everything, yes. And so as a trainer, when someone said, oh, can you do this course? And I go, yeah and i think that's actually where my development came there's so many courses i've said yes to and i had not a clue about the content or the exercises or the context i think that's such a critical thing that i 
uh, for the consultancy that you and I both worked for for many years, I know. Which we won't for, name. <laughs> we won't name, but I'm sure, for, and I used to get calls regularly for about 10 years. They said whenever a client would call, we, they didn't know what they wanted. You were the guy that we called because I would do this kind of patchwork of, and so for me, development is kind of taking that risk and yeah. going, I don't know, but I can find out, or I don't know, but I, I'm a quick learner. Um, I think that to me has opened up one, a lot of opportunities, but definitely heightened my skill level in a way yeah. that I would never have been able to do. And there are some trainers that I know and I've worked with who get very, very scared or hyper controlling when they don't, um, yeah. The, yeah, when they don't know what they're doing. And, and to me, it's, it, I do prepare. I definitely work hard to, to yeah. know stuff. But I think it I think it took me about a good ten years of delivering to go, actually I've got enough in my wheelhouse, I've got enough experience behind me to kind of know, even if I can't answer that question, I'll be able to figure something out or I'll be able to bring something in. Yeah. So um yeah. Um, yeah, I think in terms of development for me it's about taking risks. Yeah, I, I think that's great because I mean myself academically I was never particularly great but I was great from learning from my experiences and that same organisation was in my very early days of doing freelancing and I used to get similar phone calls and just go yeah and I'd put the phone down and go how in the hell are you going to get away with this yeah. and you know if in doubt give it a go. Yeah. It's always and been I, my I, motto. Yeah, no, it's true. And I remember the first time I was delivering time ma management. And, um, and I had sort of, yeah, no, I know. It, it, it's actually the course now I quite like, but it's only after so many years of getting to grips with what I like about it. Yeah. I remember I was delivering and the materials weren't that great. And I was like, and I'm quite an organized person anyway. So I never really had issues around time management. And so I didn't really kind of have insight to some of the issues that the delegates would have. And I remember standing up thinking, okay, this is, this feels awful. And, and I remember going, okay, Paul, that some other trainer somewhere in the world has had a first day of time management. And so this first day is, this is natural. This is normal. And just, just go with it. And, and it was fine. And it, you know, continued to hope to improve. But I, I think for me, it, it is, a, it is about taking those calculated risks yeah. and, but I think it's got to be a risk nonetheless, because I also think that if you're not developing, you, you can very easily get stale. Um, and I think the delegates can see it. And I think also you can just feel it. You can just feel that this, I mean, now I have a kind of rule that if I'm delivering a course and I'm getting bored, the next time I'm delivering it, it's going to be slightly different. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to do a different exercise. And to be honest, I mean, I've never really felt, you know, if it falls flat on its face, all I do is I make sure I admit it. I'll go, that was crap, yeah. you know, and then the delegates will laugh and they'll try something else or they won't, you know. But <laughs> I think people yeah. appreciate it when you are that honest. I think honesty, you know, sometimes as trainers and coaches, we can sort of, we put ourselves, you know, on a bit of a pedestal and I can deliver that, I can do that. And sometimes just being honest mm. and people go, ah, oh, they're human. We like that. Yeah. Well, and also I think it's that thing as well of just uh, one thing I noticed in Britain particularly, like culturally it was quite a shift that I had to make in business delivery was um, like in North America, you could kind of just play games and you could kind of just have silly, a silly time. I almost call it like a game show experience. And they were just quite happy for the day out where in Britain I always, you know, it's just like fine, but 
in Britain, it always had to have a practical reason for you to be in that room that, you know, if you, if they could be at work and they could get stuff done or they could be at home with their kids, they'd rather that than sit here listening to some goof yeah. talking about something that wasn't really applicable to them. And so I, I think that's the reason why I quite like delivering in Britain as well as that always finding what's that practical reason for doing this exercise yeah. or having this session with these people. And so, so that helps give me a bit more clarity as well. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything you wish you'd have known at the start of your career? Uh, um, I think, I, well, I mean, I went into acting eyes wide open, um, so I, I knew it wouldn't necessarily be an easy career choice. Um, I th well, actually, I, I think there is something about acting and about business training. I think caring a little bit less, like I think like I have quite high standards and I used to kind of get a little bit stressed out about delivering certain projects or delivering certain training. It's quite interesting when I think about like delegates, because it's not coming out of their back pocket. Most of the delegates I deliver for the workshops being paid for by the company. But because they're not paying for it, I actually don't think they care that much. When, you know, I have coached people privately and it is coming out of their money. I, I just find there's a slightly different psychological shift. Yeah. And so I think, you know, yes, investing the research time and the development time that I do is quite important, but I don't, I, yeah, I think if I just cared just a slight, slight, yeah. slightly less, yeah. I think would just help me with anxiety and yeah. stuff. I think, yeah. what would, how would you answer that question? What would you have wanted to have known? Uh, just to enjoy, you know, just to make sure that you, I mean, I realize this now, but just go and enjoy every day. Every day is to there to be enjoyed and, and learn from your experiences. And when I was younger, I just took things too seriously. And when I got my first job as a manager, my manager gave me some wonderful advice. He said, David, stop being a plonker. You know, stop, stop trying to be a manager, just be you with responsibility. And that's the best advice I ever got. Um, and I wish I'd have found that out a lot earlier because I've always worked hard. I've always had a good work ethic. And, but yeah, have a bit more of a laugh along the way and I didn't do enough that when I was younger now yeah well if, if you can't have a laugh I'm not doing it if it's not going to be fun yeah and then the interesting thing and I think something I did bring from my acting background is like a scene like say if I'm improvising you know like and I did a lot of that and still do a lot of that you know one of the main things was you know you want to always drive the narrative but a lot of it wasn't about me it was about the other actor or about the audience and I think that's something that um, really helped me with delivering was this thing, but it's not about you. I've seen so many trainers that I've audited or, or been trained by who make the whole experience about themselves. And yeah. I think one of the things I really love about training is, yeah, I've got to bring structure and I've got to bring insight and I've got yeah. to make sure that those key learning points land with people. And so, but I'm there kind of pushing from behind, but you know, it is about the delegates first and foremost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think that's definitely something that took me a while to realize that they don't, coming back to that thing about not caring that much, is they don't really care about you. They care about their problems, their needs, their issues. And the more I drew my attention towards that, I think the happier I was. Yeah. So I think the happier the delegates are yeah. as well. And also I think that I've never, I've, I don't really like the word training and I don't really like the word managing. The word that I do like is facilitating, which is Latin mm -hmm. to make things easy. And I think that is our role as a manager and a trainer. We're just trying to make it easy for them to develop and grow and be 
more, yeah. more effective whatever they want to do, whatever that yeah. is. Um, and I think that's, sorry, but I think that with facilitating, that's dead on with the understanding that the focus is on, not on you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So apart from your friend's mum, <laughs> you're going to have to do the smoking, <laughs> the smoking voice, <laughs> the smoking voice again. What other great advice have you received that you look back on and you think, I'm really pleased I got that? Perhaps a bit of tough love or? I did have a man. So, so my career in terms of full-time employment, I only ever worked for about two years full-time with one company and that was that training company that i started with and then i became a freelancer with them after that two-year um work experience and um i had a manager on that my sort of director so i reported straight into the director of that division and he always said my job he hated training he was an okay trainer um and he was an accountant by training and he, he still makes his life as a uh, as a coach but he always said my job is to make you guys better than me and i actually really loved that because even though he had definitely developmental needs as a director which he, he admitted to as well but he also said you know i want to make sure you guys get the opportunities that you need and he would always give that and i think that's definitely something that i've brought with me all the time that my job is to make people better yeah i'm oh, sorry seeing my dog just showed oh, up here. lovely uh, yeah, she is. Oh, how lovely. And what's your dog's name? Mimi. Oh, um, lovely. But yeah, no, I definitely say, you know, you know, making people better and making them better than you. Yeah, and, you know, and I think yeah. that to me is quite a generous thing. And, yeah. and I don't see a lot of managers doing that. And I, and I sometimes don't see a lot of trainers doing that. Um, and I also come back to, I did a lot of retail work in when I was studying as an actor. And um, one of the things I always loved is I'm, I'm there to make your day, not ruin it. And I also, I also think that a lot when I'm when I'm working, that I'm there to help people. I'm there to make their day, and uh, yeah. you know, and I think anything that can kind of give them that step up or that you know just widen their viewpoint a little bit more, I think it's always always useful. Yeah, yeah, that's so, kind of the best advice. Yeah. So, what are you currently doing to keep developing, keep growing, keep future proofing yourself for your future? Well, one of the things I've done especially recently is um, I've done a lot of qualifications in my time, you know, just as you do. And so I got an opportunity to do a very quick uh, diploma on Jungian archetypes, which to be fair, I do use that type of work around my communication stuff. So I thought it'd be quite nice to get a bit more insight into Jungian principles, um, develop a little bit more understanding around that. So I'm doing that at the moment, which is good. And then I also, I've moved out of theater. So I stopped producing theater about maybe five years ago but I've actually moved into short filmmaking and so recently I've been commissioned from the BFI to produce a documentary about a group of Amerindians which are indigenous peoples in South America which is going to be part animated as well so yeah I've got this again I've kind of come back to this kind of twin career so I am still coaching and doing all that stuff but yeah developing a little life as a short filmmaker which is yeah quite exciting and i really love it it's very very interesting and quite dynamic yeah and is is that you delivering or i mean because also you've uh, i've uh, recently watched one of your other videos which i particularly liked um 
which I must say I, I, I thought was the, the, the short film I thought was superb, but also your recent other film that you did uh, the webinar recently. Yeah, no, I'm doing those webinars. Yeah, and that's been quite good actually. So I, I released I've released two, I think, and then uh and then I I emailed all my clients to say, Oh, you know, I'd I'm uh, doing this free webinar, da 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 this this is when it's gonna be on. And then, of course, I, I had quite a few registrations, close to 50 registrations. And I'm sitting there on the webinar and there's no one there. And I'm oh. kind of feeling a bit like Charlie Brown going, well, you know, they said they come to my party, but they're not coming to my party. But um, and it's, anyway, I, I thought, well, I'm having the party anyway. I'm here. I've, you know, got my face on. And so I hit record. Fine. And I've sent it out into the world. And then it turns out everyone was there at the party, but there was just some technical hiccup and I couldn't let them in or I couldn't see that they were there. So, but I will continue to do that. So that's been good. They were um, in a different room, were they? Yeah, I don't know what was going on. But it and you're absolutely me. right. It is the worst thing about a webinar is the two minutes to the start time. So yeah. the webinars that I'm doing at the moment all start at two o'clock. You know, and I do several a week, and it's like you're sitting there and you're looking and I go, oh gosh, anyone going to turn up? And it's, and it's yes, it's the worst thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I am going to do that again, but th that's been good actually, and I'm also releasing some short um, sort of corporate videos that I've been, I've either made or I've written and stuff. So I'm releasing those online. Um, yes, which which has been good actually, because I, I the main thing I love about, I mean, it's similar in acting, but you get a lot in learning and development, a lot of sharing. And I've been, and I've always enjoyed that about learning and development. Um, and yeah. again, I think that's more. I find that much more value in Britain than in other countries I work in, where a lot of other learning development professionals that kind of withhold a lot of stuff and this kind of concept of it's mine, it's mine. And the thing I do love about Britain is, you know, if you ask, you will receive. People will. Yes. Yeah, quite generously. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is great. Nice. And I must say, sort of that webinar, um, technically, it, 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 there was some great stuff in there about how the brain works and everything else. And you must have done quite a lot of research and studying to... Yeah, I mean, so one of my first courses... Um, okay, now, to put this into context, I used to work as a day job in Canada with long people with long-term... Uh, physical impairment. So people who lived in residential care, uh, usually with some major um, impairment physically, so they, they're quadriplegic or you know, stroke or something. So I had an experience of working with people in those environments. And then at that time, I did some residential counseling. So I started to qualify as a counselor in Canada before moving over here. And the reason why I mentioned that is because that sort of started me working here with people um, from within those situations and living in residential care. So I, I had a little bit of part qualification as a counselor. And the reason why I mention that is I then got asked to by this training company, they'd had an incident with a trainer who was training an anger management session. And he started telling people that all would be well if they just believed more in Jesus Christ. And so they asked him, <laughs> this guy, eventually that he had to leave because he started getting complaints because oh. he was just basically trying to sell Jesus, which, you know, it's fine, but it wasn't necessarily appropriate for a business audience. Yeah. And so they asked me to deliver an anger management course. And I said, well, I don't have any experience 
you know, other than this residential counseling I did, I never really worked in this area. And at that point they said, right, we'll give you some support. And so I, I did some research and training through them. And that kind of gave me a bit more insight into um, cognitive behavioral work. And, and that's the kind of work that I do as a coach. So when I qualified as a coach, I also did a little bit more training about um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Um, which I'm not a therapist. And actually I'm glad I'm not a therapist because um, I don't want to go down that road. So, yes, but that, yeah. that, that's helped me with insights into emotional intelligence, brain development. I also do geek out on it. At the moment, I'm listening to this um, book, Sapiens, which talks a lot about human development. And yeah, it's quite interesting. And um, a lot of stuff around neuroplasticity as well, which I'm, yeah, I just, I, I just, if I, if I wasn't so squeamish, I'd definitely be open to cutting open someone's head. I, I, wow. I mean, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. I quite like all that brain stuff, but I couldn't, yeah, I'm too squeamish. Good stuff. So what we'll do is, um, if you're watching, if people are watching this on, on the YouTube channel, we'll put Paul's details below. People are listening to on the podcast. How do people get hold of you, Paul? Uh, so my company that I run is called Apropos Productions. So that's A-P-R-O-P-O-S Productions Limited. So you can find me online there. You, you can definitely email me if you want to, which my email address is at info at apropos, which I'll spell, A-P-R-O-P-O-S, L-T-D dot net. And also if you go onto my website, which is apropos.ltd.net, forward slash free there's plenty of free resources there some okay. you know things that people can look at and stuff but yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I'm sure they can find me yeah okay well what i've always loved about you is your passion and that certainly comes across because i think that's half the battle sometimes you know doesn't matter what you're doing in life but if you've got a passion for it it makes it more enjoyable and it just makes life so much easier well, it's true. It's also as well. I was also think either get interested in your topic or get interested in the people. Some, one of the two will carry you through. I mean, there are days, again, coming back to good old time management days, I'm thinking, oh, God, not this again. But there was always a one or two kind of semi-interesting people in the room that I could kind of, yeah, connect to. And I think that definitely helped. Definitely helped. Yeah, yeah. I remember in my very early days of being a freelancer before really setting up my own company. I worked for a company um, and they ran a two day time management course and they gave you all the material and used to get to the afternoon of the second day and you just used to over lunch, you think, right, how can I get lunch to go longer? How can we have a longer after? How am I going to really spread this out it was such a challenge oh I and know. now we're doing it in 90 minutes <laughs> oh i know i know i know actually the one thing that I, and again it comes back to this acting i did a gig for about it's about a year actually it's quite well paid um and it was a i used to dance a lot so i did a lot of dancing and singing and um, wow. and we used to do eight shows a day eight twenty it's high impact high energy like full out dance, about 20, 30 minute show, but we did it six to eight times a day. But I tell you that conditioning helped me so much with, um, I mean, I don't know any actor that does an eight hour show. And there are days where I, well, I think about what we're doing is like a one person show for six to eight hours, you know, standing up yeah, there, yeah. people's attention, telling stories, running exercises, all that stuff. I mean, I find, but it, to me, it was that conditioning of musical theater and performance definitely helped me feel like I can deliver this stuff yeah. and still have the same energy in the afternoon that I have in the morning. Yeah. So that's the challenge, yeah. the two o'clock slog. Yeah. 
Um, and also, I, I love the way you sort of have brought the what you've learnt from your acting, your dancing, and your theatre into you know the training in the business world. And we've we've had some um, other um, interviews where people have you know passionate about hockey and how mm -hmm. what they've learnt in hockey. And also, Michaela, um, uh, uh, one of my contacts, has done a, uh, one on yoga. And what she's learned mm. from yoga has helped her so much in the business world. And I think we sometimes, you know, we just think business is business, but there's so many other ways that we can learn and develop and bring what we do outside of work into the working environment and learn from it. Yeah, no, it's true, actually. And it's, it's interesting as well, because a lot of times, like, and I was speaking to an actor friend of mine recently, and like, there is stuff that you do in acting, like basic 101 stuff, which I may have learned when I was about eight or nine. And I just bring this assumption that everyone knows this because I know this. And then, you know, and then also you do get this kind of linear thinking of, well, like this is my business world and that was my other career. And I'll occasionally dip into that, but let's not talk about it. And I do think it is that whole life learning that there is, you know, one of the things I say a lot on my, um, say if I'm looking at stress management or taking a look at presentation work is I always say to people practice when no one's looking. And I do this a lot with things like assertiveness, like, you know, can you go into a shop without a receipt and ask for a refund and do it in a way that's respectful and but also courageous. And a lot of that, you have know, to remind people that these behavioral things we do all the time. So are you bringing your whole life in or are you just compartmentalizing these different experiences? Because you may be doing that, but your emotional brain doesn't do that at all. Like it doesn't even know its locality. So for me, it's that kind of looking at my whole life and going yeah let's bring all of us in rather than just little bits and I, I think that's quite important as well and, and and quite useful and I also think I was lucky as well as a, a student actor I had some great teachers but they did not hold back and like if you think working in business is tough being an actor where they feel that they can comment on everything um, no, I definitely do edit myself, but I feel being exposed to that level of critique and feedback definitely has helped me, one, be more sensitive when yeah. giving feedback to people, yeah. but two, I think I can give it a, with a slight advantage of, yeah, I, I know what it feels like to be on the receiving end. So yeah. coming back to my point, I, I just think, you know, you're an idiot if you're not bringing your whole life in because it's yeah. there to inform you. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I think that's a really nice way to, to finish off, you know, bring, you up, you bring your whole life in um, and because you know work work is part of your life so thank you very much for your time really appreciate that it's great to see you again and catch up right after there. all these years and we won't mention that training company because oh, yeah. the stories from there and we're both sort of in contact <laughs> with people who used to work there and whatever but but there again it gave it well certainly gave me a brilliant grounding and yeah 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 the opportunity to go you know i'll give it a go <laughs> yeah, i'll, I'll yeah, have a yeah. go and we'll, we'll see how it goes so thank you very much for your time and i look forward to seeing you again soon Thanks again, David. Good to see you. Okay, take care.